0: Uh, we're going to start a series today uh, about called Father Abraham. Uh, it's about Abraham. Um, and you know, one of the things I want to start with today is is you know that feeling. You know how frustrating it is when someone tells you they're going to do something, and you count on them to do it, and then they don't do it. Uh, and it can be a friend, or it could be a you know a family member, or Uh, You know, a a co-worker and, you know, you're counting on them. They told you they're going to do something. You're you're expecting them to do it. And then they they don't do it. And you know how frustrating that can be. And that's what the story is really about today. It's about Abraham because um, as frustrating as that is, it's even more frustrating when the person that you're waiting on to do what you understood they said they were going to do um, is God. Uh, Now, now we don't normally say that out loud in church, but we've all felt that way. We've all wondered if God was going to actually come through like, you know, he said he was going to, and and that's exactly how Abraham felt, because God had promised Abraham that he was going to make him the father of a great nation, that if Abraham would leave where he was, that God would show him a new land. And that Abraham's offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the sea. And God made him that promise. And so Abraham, uh, you know, he, he left everything uh, to go and, and see this happen. And I'm sure when he left, he thought, okay, there'll be a child on the way anytime now. But, but it didn't happen that way. So often we read the story of, of God's promise to Abraham. And then we jump right over and read about, you know, Isaac being born. And we forget that there was decades that passed in between the time God first told Abraham and when it finally uh, came around to happening. And you don't have to be a geneticist to know that if you don't have children, you're not gonna have grandchildren. And that's, that's how it works. Although some, some of you, I know, wished it worked that way. You would just skip your kids and go straight to the grandkids. That would, that would be fine with you. But um, that's not how it works. And way back in chapter 12 in the book of Genesis, God made that promise to Abraham that if he would leave his land and go where he was telling him to go, that he would bless him to be the father of a great nation. So Abraham packed up everything and he headed out. And he took with him his nephew, Lot. And uh, while they're on this journey, both Abraham's herds grew and he did really well. And Lot's herds grew and did really well. And they both got so big, they had to separate uh, Lot ended up, you know, in, in a different place, and all these things took place, but there was still no child. Uh, and then th- there's even this adventure where uh, some people see how well Lot's doing, so they go in and they rob him, they even kidnap him, and Abraham has to get together a group of people and go and chase him down and rescue Lot and bring him back. And I mean, all these things transpire, and still, there's no child. And so now we're all the way up, started in chapter 12. Now we're all the way up in chapter 15 in the book of Genesis. And after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And so he took him outside and he said, look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. So, um, God spoke to Abraham a second time, years later, and said, "Oh Abraham, you're going to have a child." And Abraham was, I kind of remember you saying that once before. Uh, nothing's happened, and so now my inheritance is going to go to Eliezer of Damascus. And who wants their life savings to go to someone named Eliezer of Damascus? And so God said, "You know, d- don't worry, Abraham. Will your descendants will be like the stars of the sky." And even though nothing had happened yet, and Abraham had basically given up, but God told him this the second time. And so in verse six, it says, Abram believed the Lord and credited it to him as righteousness. That's one of the greatest statements of faith in the Bible. And it came at a time when Abraham had, had just about given up. he was just about to to, to quit believing that was ever going to happen so this is the second time God told him so Abraham thought the child would be on the way any time now but more time passed still no child several more romantic dinners with Sarah still no child Sarah gave up she told Abraham she was not putting on hills and lighting candles another time it was time for plan B which uh, was going to be called Ishmael. And uh, we won't go into the details, but this was before the Ten Commandments and they did things differently back then. So Abraham ends up having a son by Sarah's handmaiden and his name is Ishmael. So if God doesn't come through, they have a plan B. Uh, They kind of take matters in their own hands. If, If God isn't going to come through, then they feel a little better knowing that they had a backup plan. So now, all the way back over now up in chapter 17, still no child. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. King of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed. He laughed. And he said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might um, live under your blessing. So again, God makes this familiar promise to Abraham that they're going to have a child. Well, Abraham's getting kind of old. And he reminded God that, you know, there was not a... uh, um, a Medicare plan that included maternity. And so he needed to get moving on this promise. Um, God had promised him twice. The first time Abraham believed it, the second time Abraham got his hopes up again. But this time Abraham just did not even believe it. I mean, he just laughed. And it wasn't a polite laughter either. It was he fell out of his chair, face down on the ground and laughed so hard he snorted. And once he regained his composure, he told God, you know, Ishmael will do just fine. Uh, you know, he and Sarah had it all worked out. So if God would just bless their plan, then God wouldn't have to worry about coming through with, with his plan because it seemed like God was having a hard time getting it done anyway. So if he would just bless their plan, that would, they, they were happy with that. You know how it is. One day you, you, you go to church or someone tells you that God loves you, that God really loves you, and you believe it. And so you start trying to follow God, and you start trying to do, uh, live for God in your life, and, and then as sure as you do, um, things happen, you, you lose your job, your, your spouse is, gets ill, your, your life starts to sound like a country song. And then you come to church, and the pastor says, God loves you, and you don't know whether to laugh or cry. You you decide that if God isn't going to come through with the things God promised, then you'll just come up with plan B yourself, and if God would just bless plan B, you're happy with that. Because that trusting in God, when God doesn't seem to come through, gets old. So you just do it on your own. You don't really need God's help anymore. That's exactly how Abraham felt. More time passed and still no child. Now we're over in chapter 18. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you. And this time next year, Sarah, your wife will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, "'After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, how will we have this pleasure?' And then the Lord said to Abraham, "'Why did Sarah laugh and say, "'Will I really have a child now that I'm old?' "'Is there anything too hard for the Lord?' I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid and so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. So some messengers came to see Abraham. They were actually on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah. But they stopped off to say, oh, by the way, God's gonna, you're gonna have a son. And this time, uh, Sarah was in the tent, but she overheard the conversation, and here's this worn-out old promise again that they've heard many times, uh, and this time Sarah just laughed. She LOL'd, uh, and it was a laugh of disbelief. God loves me. God's going to send us a child. Yeah, right, Whatever. Well, Abraham didn't laugh. He had heard this joke so many times, it wasn't even funny to him anymore. He had moved on. But for some reason, Sarah got into trouble for laughing. Sarah laughed at God's messengers and got into trouble. Abraham laughed in God's face, and he did not get into trouble. So I have two observations about this. Sarah got into trouble for laughing at the messengers. Abraham did not get into trouble for laughing at God, which seems to prove something I've always believed is that God has a better sense of humor than most of his messengers. And two, here's a woman who did the same thing a man did, but she got into trouble for it. So some things never change, right? So later on, there's still no child. Abraham has a run-in with this king named Abimelech. The king thought Sarah was an attractive woman, and Abraham was afraid that that if the king found out she was his wife, that he would kill him. And so Abraham lied and told him that this was her sister. And after this long story, God finally gets everything all sorted out, and they're back together and back-headed toward the Promised Land. And um, You know, this made the prospects of, of a child even Uh, more difficult because by this time, I am sure Abraham was sleeping in his own tent after that. And now finally, all the way over in chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. And when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him. As God commanded him, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age so finally the child came after all this time after they'd given up on this promise so many times before and they named him Isaac in Hebrew the, the word Isaac means laughter it kind of goes to show that Abraham and Sarah and God all had a sense of humor Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And this time, no one's laughing at me. This time, they're all laughing with me. And I imagine that it was God who laughed the loudest. Often, God does not fulfill promises on our schedule. And when God doesn't, we tend to doubt God. And we tend to lose faith in God. And like Abraham and Sarah, we devise a plan B and we go to God and say, God, if you'll just bless my plan, we're good. It'll be fine. You don't have to come through with what you said. We become impatient with God's timing. But this story reminds us that God is faithful, that God may not be interested in our schedules, but God is still interested in us and in our lives. And God's timing is always best, even when we don't understand it. And the Bible is filled with tales of those who leave weeping and come back rejoicing, of those who sow in sorrow but rejoice when the harvest comes, those for whom their mourning turns into dancing. It's the sound of Abraham and Sarah weeping in their barrenness until you hear the sound of a newborn baby cry. And in the background, you can hear God laughing. It's the sound of people crying out in slavery in Egypt until their tears are drowned by the marching of their feet to freedom. And in the background, you can hear God laughing. It's the sound of Hannah in her loneliness begging God for a child until the day she has a son and names him Samuel. And in the background, you can hear God laughing. It's the sound of David hiding in a cave scared to death until years later it's replaced by the sound of the coronation of David becoming the king. And in the back you can hear God laughing. It's the sound of women weeping at the foot of a cross until the day is replaced by the presence of the risen Christ on Easter. And you can hear God laughing I don't know what you may be waiting for today I don't know what has caused you disbelief or tears or sorrow but I want to encourage you don't give up because I believe that one day maybe today maybe tomorrow maybe it'll be long out in the future but one day your sorrow will be replaced. And I don't know what God will replace it with, but I know it will be good. And when it happens, when it finally comes about, even though you began to think it never would, if you listen, you'll hear God laughing. God always has the last laugh. And God never laughs at us. God always laughs with us. So when good things finally come, when you've been waiting so long, and when you've given up hope several times that it would ever happen, when you stop to rejoice, listen, you'll hear God laughing. Amen.